Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. You want to get this in 14 seconds. You want to get a good look. I don't think you should exhaust too much time. Their defense has really extended itself very well. Durant with a beautiful turnaround. Boy, that was a high-low set that we've not seen yet in this series. It leaves first throw. Maybe. Nope. Will Anderson there. Close to a safety. Another sack for number 31. And it has been all the Padres' offense tonight. Walker's got it. Zach Gallen, seven scoreless. The scoreless inning streak continues. We put in good work all day. Rogers on the run. Pop fake. Frees him to the end zone for another Packer touchdown. Third down two. It's Jackson. Oh my gosh, here he goes. He'll sprint. He's being chased by Howard. Looking behind. You can kiss him goodbye. Curry with the ball, working on Fox. Curry got by him. Floater, short, loose, loose. Murray, and a timeout called by Sacramento. And we'll see if they get the advance or not. Hunting Curry. He's got Curry on the switch. Fox over to Barnes for the lead. And that's it. The Warriors survive. Continues to say he's doing everything he can to make himself available and that it's a collaborative decision between, obviously, as Butler hits a three, Giannis, the coaching staff. And out of the timeout, LeBron with intent missed the layup and his buddy cleaned it up. Davis with the follow, with the lead back up to 16. Fairbanks ready, he throws, swing and a miss, he struck him out, and the Rays are 13 0 at home. Another incredibly complete ball game for the Tampa Bay Rays. The power, the pitching, and the defense. They're perfect at home, and they're 19-3 overall. Swinging a deep drive to left way back, and Rooker at the track. He'll turn and watch, and Ezekiel Duran comes off the bench for the Rangers and delivers a two-run home run. And now it's 18-3. Most runs the A's have allowed this year. A week ago yesterday was 17. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Monday, April 24th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, the Suns, are they playing well? The Cardinals, would trading down to 17 be a good idea? The Diamondbacks, do they have enough starting pitching to reach the postseason? Around the NFL, which story you are you more tired of? Aaron Rodgers to the Jets or Lamar Jackson and his contract stuff going on, which is still going on. Meanwhile, 
Back to the NBA. Who wins the now best of three series, Kings or Warriors? And who you got tonight, ATS, Bucks and Heat, and also the Grizzlies at the Lakers. And around, uh, really on the diamond or from the diamond, how about some good and bad over the first three weeks of the uh, three-plus weeks of the Major League Baseball season? Plus, what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9-15, it'll be... Uh, the the uh, basically uh, you know, the first five straight days nine fifteen five straight days this week uh, previewing the NFL draft Friday we'll review what happened in round one but you know it's going to be an NFL draft segment every nine uh, fifteen segment this week and today is Seahawks preview they've done a ton in this off season. Uh, Bob Candoto will join us from the Seattle Times at around nine fifteen nine thirty interactive action six zero two. 260-1060, and also the local roundup. That includes Suns and Clippers Game 4 analysis. And the Diamondbacks lose 3 out of 4 to the Padres. And then the final segment of the Sports Sound will be the National Roundup. Top by from the scoreboard, and also the uh, latest line for the upcoming NBA action starting tonight. Then after the Sports Sound, from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point hosted by Club. That will include around the NBA playoffs with Sean Devaney of Heavy.com. On to the uh, pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, question is, are the Suns playing well through four games of the first round series against the Clippers? And Kayla's here and has the early returns. I know how much you dislike when results are 100% of the vote. And here we go Ugh. again. No leading the way at 100% of the vote. Okay, that's usually me. It's not a good, very not a very good job by the person making the question, and that would be me. I'm raising my hand as we speak. Trust me. Meanwhile, the Suns have won the last three games after they dropped Game One. Of course, the last two, the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, who's sidelined because of knee soreness. Today's Twitter poll question: Should the Cardinals find a better trade than dealing the third pick to the Steelers? For the 17th pick and at least two more other, you know, two other more, uh, two more other, two more in addition to that. They get three 2023 selections this week. And basically they get three, three selections and maybe even future picks. But third to 17th, is that a good idea? Kayla has early returns and she didn't explain this much better than I did the question. Uh, yes, leading the way, 82.4% of the vote, no trailing at 17.6%. You can find the question over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. That was one of the trade rumors of the weekend is the Cardinals moving from third for the multiple picks, the highest being the 17th pick of this week's draft. Meanwhile, also on the local front, the Diamondbacks really can't count on any good starting pitching at this point except for Zach Gallen. Merrill Kelly continued to walk hitters. Say he walked four more, excuse me, five more on Saturday night. Dre Jamison was done after one inning on Sunday as the Diamondbacks lost for the third time in four days at home against the Padres. Do the Diamondbacks have enough starting pitching to reach the postseason? 
Meanwhile, spanning the globe, back to the NFL. The Aaron Rodgers trade drama could end this week, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. The Packers and Jets have resumed talks for the superstar quarterback with hopes that the deal can finally be reached this week. Meanwhile, which NFL story you're more tired of? Aaron Rodgers to the Jets or anything Lamar Jackson you know, related? Meanwhile, back to the NBA postseason. The headline of the weekend was the defending champion Warriors, now deadlocking the series against the Kings. Who wins the now best of three Kings and Warriors series? A series. And also, what else stood out during the NBA playoff weekend? Tonight, the Lakers and Heat look to take 3-1 leads at home against the Grizzlies and Bucks, respectively. Reports out there this morning indicate that Giannis expected to return and play tonight for the Bucks. So who you got tonight? I ATS the uh, Lakers laying four and a half. The Heat getting uh you know getting five and a half. And I have not double checked on that one. I'll do that before the end of the hour. Uh, the reports of Giannis have come within the last half hour. So who you got tonight? ATS. Meanwhile. Uh, on the diamond, first a good thing here. The Rays, as you heard at the top, have won 13 straight. They're 13 and zero at home, at least. They're, they're un still undefeated at home. And on the bad side, the Athletics are four and 18, and they are now minus 103 in run differential after 21 games. You do the math; it's not good. How about something else other than Rays and the, the Athletics, good and or bad, through the first three-plus weeks of the baseball season? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That is the pipeline for today. We have totally tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602 260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by the first of five NFL draft segments this week. And we start with the Seahawks. As I mentioned, they have been very busy during this offseason already, and they have two first-round picks. Bob Candoto is scheduled to join us from the Seattle Times in the next segment. Bottom of the hour, we will get to phone calls as usual, 602-260-1060. Some general discussion at that point. Also, once again, bottom of the hour, we'll have some Suns and Clippers analysis from the Game 4 on Saturday afternoon in Los Angeles. By the way, there wasn't a concert going on in Los Angeles, or whatever they call that stadium, the arena now in L.A. It's the hockey. I mean, the Kings are playing, too, in the playoffs. So they've had to make way for the Kings and the Lakers and the Clippers, and they're all in the postseason. Happy, happy, joy, joy in Los Angeles. At least they're winning a couple. Well, at least they're winning yeah, two of those series. I don't know who's winning the hockey series. Give me a break. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude. Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is mail, chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. 
Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Seahawks at the start of this NFL draft week are one of four teams that have multiple first-round selections. For the first of five NFL draft previews in this segment every day this week, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports room by Bob Candota of the Seattle Times. And, Bob, good to have you. And before we get to the offseason, let's go back to last season with the Seahawks. They, they surprised most by finishing 9-8 and eight and reaching the postseason. What were the biggest reasons for the turnaround last year? Uh, I mean, the biggest was just Geno Smith. I mean, nobody had any idea that he was going to play that well, uh, you know, just because nobody had seen it. I mean, he hadn't played quarterback in the NFL basically in eight years. So, um, you know, I don't think the Seahawks uh, anticipated that. But that, that's really the single biggest reason. Um, you know, they, they got some good performances from a lot of rookies. Kenneth Walker, obviously. Um, you know, some guys in the back end, especially their two corners, Tariq Willard and, and, and Kobe Bryant, who are rookies as well, played really well. But, um, you know, it was just mostly the – that the offense and, and Gino, um, you know, quarterback by far, obviously, is the most important position in football. And if you've got a decent quarterback, you got a chance to be, to be pretty good. And, and the Seahawks had that last year with Gino. So why was he so effective? And, and I, I, needless to say, uh, that you know, I guess it's probably not surprising that they signed him to a contract extension after last year. Um, yeah, I, you know, he just he was he was really accurate with his passes. I think mean, you know he led the led the NFL completion percentage, um, at, you know, almost seventy percent. He just was really good that way. I mean, it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to describe why a quarterback is good, but he just you know he made good decisions out there. Um, he made good decisions, and he knew where to, he knew he knew where to go with the ball, and he was able to get it there when he, when he um, you know the way he needed to. And uh, you know that was really the, the biggest thing. And you know, if you go back and look, his depth career probably wasn't quite as bad as people portrayed it. You know, if you, if you sort of go really go through the game by games, and, and, and he had some good games there. You know, was was conference player of the week uh, a time or two, and things like that. Um, you know, just sort of just sort of fell apart from there a little bit with with the expectations that they had, and then being thrown into it. You know, just having to start immediately as a rookie. So. Um, you know, there, there was, there was, there's probably some takeaways there in not giving up on a guy too quickly. But, uh, you know, he just he hadn't played ever since 2015, really, other than a couple of times here and there. But, you know, he had, he had had those three games where he filled in in 2021 when, when Russell Wilson was injured. And, and especially the last game that he played of those three against Jacksonville, the, the, the Seahawks sort of pointed to that one and thought, well, maybe there's something here. And when they traded Russell, you know, they made it a point to make sure they re-signed Gino and gave him a shot to win the starting job. But I still don't know that they thought you know, he could do that for all 17 games. He was, he was the only quarterback in the NFL last year. He did miss a snap. So, you know, that helped too, uh, you know, when your quarterback is playing well and stays healthy and upright for the entire season. You know, also it's been a busy offseason for Seattle. I, you know, I promise we'll get to the draft here shortly, but I want to talk about some of these acquisitions. They brought back Bobby Wagner. Uh, was that surprising? And is the Jordan Brooks possibly not ready for the start of 2023, uh, the season? Is, is Was that a bigger reason for yeah, Wagner's no, exactly return? Yeah, I mean, that's totally what it was. Uh, if Jordan Brooks is healthy, he wouldn't have brought back Bobby. But, yeah, Jordan Brooks uh, tore his ACL on January 1st. I mean, that's just, if you know anything about ACL, that's just a 9- to 10-month injury. There's not much you can do about it. You know, sometimes guys talk about trying to come back more quickly or whatever from it, but that, that's a tough thing to try to do. So, just given the nature of that injury and, and, and the kind that it is, um, you know, uh, knowing that the minute he got hurt, everybody knew up here they were going to have to do something at linebacker. 
and um, you know try to sign somebody from the outside or or draft somebody or whatever. And then when Bobby became available, you know that sort of became an obvious thing to put two and two together, and and they were able to make it work. You know, Bobby really wanted to come back. Um, I think he had some better offers with some other teams out there, but I think he really wanted to come back. And you know, he'll be 33 this year, so you know, knowing that maybe this is this will be his last year, I think he wanted to come back and finish it in Seattle. Bob Condota, the Seattle Times, is uh, currently in the sports zone. Okay, Draymond Jones, I'm an Ohio State fan, and uh, not to sound too much of a homer here, but uh, I've always liked him. Uh, as a college player, he's been certainly productive in the NFL, so how does he fit into the defensive line? And also, they added Jerron uh, Reed, uh, another addition in free agency. So the defensive line, how is this looking at uh, looking right now? Yeah, I, you know, that was their number one priority is to try to fix in the offseason. Pete Carroll, uh, you know, the day after they lost to San Francisco in the playoffs, said we have to be more dynamic up front, really playing to the defensive line as, as what he thought was kind of the biggest thing they had to get better at um, after, you know, they really weren't very good on defense last year. And uh, so, um, you know, they, they've cut, they cut three veterans, Al Woods, Clint Jefferson, um, Shelby Harris. They cut those guys. They, they signed Draymond. They, they brought back Jaron Reed. Uh, you know, who had been with the team in t- from 2015 to 2020. Um, that's why everybody anticipates they're going to draft some guys because they don't have a lot of defensive linemen right now. I, you know, they signed two guys, cut three, and, and haven't done much else uh, on the defensive line. So they, they simply have to add some numbers there. But, uh, um, you know, that that was the point um, and the goal was to just get better up front. They, they uh, you know, they had, they had been second in the NFL in, in yards uh, per carry allowed uh, in 2021. They were really good against the run. Last year, they were almost exactly opposite. They allowed more than a yard, more than a yard per carry, more than that. Um, and uh, you know, so they just felt they had to get a lot better there. So they basically, you know, cut sort of three, 30 guys with 30 years plus in age, and all all with big contracts, and tried to replace them with two younger guys. All right, uh, Julian Love. Uh, he's been a starter with the uh, Giants as far as a safety position. What's the plan for him in the secondary? Yeah, that's a that's a somewhat decent question because you know it, it, it surprised people a little bit just because they have Jamal Adams and, and Quandre Diggs. But you know Jamal's another guy coming off an injury, and they're not they're not exactly sure um, when he's going to be ready to go. So Julian Love sort of gives them a heads on that. Um, you know, so if Jamal's not back day one, they can they can put Julian Love into the strong safety spot. Um, if when Jamal comes back, then they sort of have a, a, a three safety rotation there. They could do some things with. And that was something they wanted to do a lot of last year. I, uh, you know, Seahawks fans, uh, you know, know this that when uh, on the play that Jamal Adams got hurt, he was playing linebacker. He, you know, he they, they lined him up a weak side linebacker. He came on a blitz and. and uh, they hit Russell Wilson and got hurt in the process of the play, but that's what they wanted to do with him a lot last year: is get him closer to the line of scrimmage and then have two safeties behind him. So that's the plan. Uh, you know, if Jamal comes back, is to sort of do that a lot. And that's why they haven't signed a lot of other linebackers. Um, you know, they they want to do they, they want to go with that package quite a bit. They actually did that package a lot anyway. Um, even after Jamal was hurt, they did a lot with with a, a guy named Ryan Neal, who they ended up not hurting back. And so that was part of the thought with with Julian Love until sort of just replace Ryan Neal in, in their lineup and, and in their scheme and, and doing the things that they do. So um, so that's the plan for him for this year. And then they signed him to a two-year deal. And, um, you know, both Jamal Adams and Quadri Diggs have contracts that maybe they could get out of after this season if they really wanted to. So Julian Love would be a hedge on that as well. They also added some offensive line help. They added center Evan Brown, who had started 12 games for the Lions last season. They added uh, guard Phil Haynes. So how do those guys fit fit into the center and guard positions? 
Uh, yeah, they fit into the center and guard position. I mean, that's what they do. Um, Austin Blythe, who was their starting center last year, retired, so they needed a center, so they went and they went Evan Brown to replace him. And then Phil Haynes was uh, basically just you know was their, uh, one of their two starting right guards last year. He he filled in for a guy named Gabe, Gabe Jackson a lot um, when Gabe was hurt, and then they rotated quite a bit. They basically played. Um, yeah, they just kind of rotated. He played about half the snaps when each of them were healthy. And they, they cut Gabe Jackson and a, and a salary cap that saved about $7 million against the cap. So they, they re-signed Phil Haynes to, uh, to, to fit in this game. So Phil's a guy, you know, he's been here for five years now. Um, the, the guy they drafted a few years ago. Uh, he's had some trouble staying on the field, had some injuries, but last year was, was healthy basically for the entire season and, you know, played about 60% of the snaps or so for him the way, the way it worked out. Um, and a guy they like quite a bit. So, uh, you know, they feel like they have a, a starting five on the offensive line going into the draft. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth behind those guys, though, so drafting, especially a guard or a center, would, would make a lot of sense for them um, because all their guards or centers are on, are on one-year contracts. So, uh, you know, drafting somebody there who's sort of more of a, a potential long-term fit there, and, you know, somebody could maybe back up or compete for a spot this year but then can take over next year, um, you know, if need be as a starter at one of those spots would make a lot of sense. Okay, so on to the draft we go. They have, as I mentioned, two first-round picks, five and 20. Let's start at number five. What or who or possibilities in your mind? Yeah, well, I, I mean, defensive line makes by far the most sense from just a positional standpoint. Um, you know, they, they, they really need help there. They don't have a lot of, of defensive linemen at all. So, you know, that's why you're seeing everybody kind of associate them with Jalen Carter. Um, obviously, Jalen Carter comes with, uh, you know, some perceived risk, but he, he might also be the best defensive lineman in the class. And, and uh, you know, I, I think I think the Seahawks, with the fifth pick, I think they, you know, they, they think this would be a rare time they have a pick this high. And so I think they might want to use it to try to get somebody who really could be a difference maker, you know, and, and maybe not necessarily just the safest pick, but somebody who, who maybe could be a, a really great player for a long time for you. Um, but, you know, Tyree Wilson and uh, Texas Tech, he's a an edge guy wouldn't make sense if, if for some reason Will Anderson fell to them. You know, I don't, think, I don't think anybody thinks that's really going to happen. But if for some reason he did, I think they'd, I think they'd be to the table and take him. Um, you know, and then you know they've, they've they've talked a little bit about potentially a quarterback. And even though they re-signed Geno, if you really look big into that contract, it's just sort of a deal they could get out of after one year if they really wanted to. But you know, I don't think it. I don't think that contract precludes them from taking a quarterback. I think you draft quarterbacks based on you know, sort of a long-term thing for your franchise. It's not necessarily what you need just, you know, day one of training camp in the season to come, but it's something that you're looking at for the long-term of your of your franchise. And so um, I think they'll consider a quarterback as well, depending on who's there uh, and how they've evaluated them, just because I think it's, you know, that's the most valuable thing you can have in the NFL is a quarterback who's, a rookie, a quarterback who's on a rookie contract and all that. So, um, you know, I, I think they'll strongly consider that in both 5 or 20 as well. You know, also, just curious, I mean, if one of the top four quarterbacks, supposed top four quarterbacks would drop, would, would uh, I'm sure they're going to get some phone calls at number five. Would they consider moving down? I'm sure they'd consider it, but again, but everybody always talks about the Seahawks moving down, but they haven't moved down when they've had really high picks. They just haven't often had high picks, you know. Uh, most of the time when they move down, it's like going, you know, they've gone from like 26 to 31 kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, when they had the sixth pick, they took it. When they had the ninth pick, they took it. And you know, if you if if you only feel like there's like twelve first round grades, and if you have a chance to get one of those guys, you can really be a difference maker for your team. 
um, you know, that's a different proposition in terms of moving down. You really got to get a lot to do that. You're not just, you know, you're not just taking a third round pick next year to, to move down ten spots in the first round or something. So, um, so I, I mean, yeah, everybody considers everything. So of course they'll consider it. But I, I do think they're going to want to try to get a really good player out of this draft. I, I, you know, I think they they got a really good player at nine last year in Charles Cross. Who, you know, who looks like he could be their left tackle for, you know, as long as they want him to be. And, uh, you know, I think that's the kind of thing they do want to do here. I, I don't think it's just about adding numbers. They have 10, you know, they have 10 draft picks overall, so they don't need to, they don't need to trade down just to get a bunch, bunch more third round picks or something like that. Um, you know, they need to add some real difference makers to this team. So I think it'll take a little bit for them to want to move down. Um, especially if it's moving down far, uh, you know, maybe if you get, if you get a lot to move down five spots or something like that, you still feel like you get the same player at 10, so you're getting at five, then, then, uh, you know, maybe you go ahead and do that. But I do think they're going to want to get a really good player or two out of this draft. So as you mentioned, they have, they have, you know, 10 picks here. They have four of those in the first two rounds. So how will you, how might they address those positions? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, they got to get better on defense, uh, the defensive line. I mean, that's the biggest thing they've got to do. Um, they, they've got to add an edge raiser. They, they for sure got to add an interior defensive lineman. Um, they just don't have a lot of numbers there at all. So uh, you know, they've got to get they've got to get better at those spots. Um, you know, I don't rule out a quarterback. A, a wide receiver makes sense. It's another spot they haven't done anything to in the offseason. They, they literally haven't signed anybody um, to their receiving core, and they, and they lost. Is the guy who was sort of their third receiver last year, Marquise Midwood, he ended up signing with the Cleveland Browns. So, um, just from a number standpoint, they for sure got to do that. And then running back as well. They only have two running backs on their roster right now. So, for a team that's you know uh, so known for running the ball, um, they don't have a lot there. So, uh, you know, I think those spots. I don't. You know, running back is obviously the highly debated position. How high you have to go to really get a good running back. And people feel like there's a lot of good ones in this draft. So. I don't know if that's something they got to do in the first two rounds, but it's something they got to do at some point in the draft for sure. Is that a running back or two? Lastly, uh, kind of away from Denver, literally here, Russell Wilson obviously struggled in Denver. Were you surprised how much he struggled and how might he bounce back with Sean Payton in charge in Denver in 2023? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the Sean Payton angle obviously is really interesting because Russell always talked about two, three, uh, sort of being a guy he. Uh, um, he, he patterned his game after a little bit. You know, like Russell obviously always had the questions about his height. How would he How would he be able to handle the NFL? And he would always talk about Drew Brees. And, you know, basically he's the same height as Drew Brees, so if Drew Brees could fit, he could. Um, you know, so I think Sean Payton probably sees a little bit of Drew Brees and Russell, uh, you know, from that standpoint anyway, and then trying to craft the offense. Um, yeah, I think everybody was surprised that, 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 that it fell off quite like that. Um, you know, he's, he's battling some injuries now. You know, they came out after the season that he had to have knee surgery. And, you know, that's what maybe starts to happen with quarterbacks when they get a little bit older. And but that was obviously what happened, in, you know, in 2021 up here was he had the hand injury. And that really, you know, impacted his play after, you know, and there was a big difference in, in how he played after he got hurt that year than, than, than before. And, and you know, last year I think he had a concussion as well along with the, the – the, the knee thing, and I think he had, I think he battled kind of a, a quad or hamstring injury as well last year. And so, um, you know, I think those things really kind of added up, added up for Russell. Uh, you know, going to a new system, everybody always would bag on the Seahawks for not taking advantage of Russell and, and his strengths. But you know, you look at his stats, and he, he put up a lot of good numbers in Seattle. And so, 
I think maybe they knew how to use him a little better than people than people thought they did. You know, they they won a Super Bowl with him and they went to two Super Bowls with him. So it wasn't like they completely misused him and asked him to do nothing but hand the ball off. Um, so I, you know, I think I think maybe the combination of all those, uh, you know, kind of being out of his comfort zone a little bit with a, with a rookie head coach and and some of the ailments he dealt with, I think I think maybe all that combined. But uh, you know, if he gets if he gets a little healthier and he's with a, co- uh, a coach and shop days and has a really system and can tailor that. Um, for the kind of quarterback that Russell is today, which you know isn't necessarily the quarterback he was ten years ago in terms of his mobility, uh, um, you know those things I think w- would allow him to be a lot better this year. Bob, always good talking to you. Appreciate the time. Thanks. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bob Kendota, Seattle Times. Excellent stuff there, and uh, you know certainly it'll be interesting to see how Denver and. Uh, Russell Wilson responds to uh, Sean Payton, now running the show in Denver. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. And also we'll get to some local roundup. It's general discussion, 602-260-1060. We'll have plenty on the, a little bit, at least a little bit now, on the Suns and uh, their game four victory on Saturday in Los Angeles against the uh, extremely shorthanded Clippers at this point. And time pending in the next uh, Next segment, we'll get to a little on the Diamondbacks. Not a good weekend. And really think there's some legitimate concerns about this starting rotation right now. If Zach Gallon's not pitching, you're going to get a decent start from anybody at this point? Then we'll get into that a little bit, either in the next segment or during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. Stay tuned for that. Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. After I get done with this spectacular hour of Sports Zone programming, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Teams Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app. It's time for today's local roundup. AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time, 602-260-1060 if you want to get in. If you're on hold, we'll get to you in just a second. First up, we'll get to the some of the Suns here. They took care of business on uh, Saturday against the, uh, once again, extremely short-handed Clippers. The Suns were 7.5-point favorites. They scored 64 points after halftime. They ended up winning by 12. 112 to 100. Kevin Durant, 31 points on 17 field goal attempts and 10 out of 11 from the free throw line. Yeah, he played 44 minutes, in large part because Monty Williams stayed with Durant. Even after three first quarter fouls, Durant has played 40 plus minutes in 13 consecutive playoff games, if you go back to his days with the Nets. Meanwhile, Williams, after the game, said that the extra day of rest between Saturday afternoon's Game 4 and Tuesday night's Game 5 was on his mind when extended Durant and the other starters. Uh, In addition to Durant's 44 minutes, Devin Booker got 41, Chris Paul 37, DeAndre Ayton 35, which really should not be a big deal if the Suns take care of business and end the series in Game 5 and uh, get this over with tomorrow night. Extended minutes in playoff games, I think, are not a big deal. Extended playoff series with losing streaks, those are a big deal. 
Meanwhile, Chris Paul, for the second time in four games in this season, uh, series, was a huge difference maker in the fourth quarter. In fact, he had 12 of his 16 points over those final 12 minutes. For the game, he also had nine assists and zero turnovers. It's not a coincidence that the Suns were plus 21, the bet, you know, a game most plus 21 with him on the floor. Nobody else on either side were anywhere. They're really not even close to plus 21 in that game. On the other side, uh, Clippers coach Ty Lue really uh, admitted that his team is shorthanded. You know, sometimes it's obvious, but sometimes coaches don't admit that without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. He also said Ty Lue more than once that there's no margin for error, which is also accurate and honest. It's kind of refreshing, coaches being honest. Meanwhile, statistically speaking, uh, the Suns continue to get to the free throw line and dominate the boards. On Saturday, the Suns plus 13 in free throws made, plus 16 in rebounding. For uh, the series, the Suns are plus 50 in free throws made and plus 14 in rebounding. Uh, they're plus 21 in rebounding the last three games of this series. Also, personnel news campaign with the back injury missed his fifth consecutive game. And the bottom line, the Suns now 11-1 in games that Kevin Durant has played. The lone loss was game one of this series against the, against the Clippers. So... This series, uh, if necessary, after you know, tomorrow night is game five and then Thursday night would be game uh, game six and then Saturday would be a game seven if it goes seven. And once again, I need to um, make, make a correction from last week. I thought it was a concert that was uh, kind of screwing up the schedule in this series. Actually, it's the Los Angeles Kings in the playoffs. They have uh, three teams in the playoffs and they play in the same home building in Los Angeles. That's what uh, has kind of uh, made this a different schedule for this series. All right, we will get to the Diamondbacks either later this segment or definitely in, uh, during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. More Suns and Clippers certainly in the Extra Point hosted by Kayla also. On to the phone lines we go. Matt in Phoenix. Hi, Matt. Bob, how you doing? How was the weekend? Oh, it was okay. How about you? Not too bad. Uh, I know you're waiting with bated breath at the uh... – to know the Kings Oilers series is tied at two. So um, there will be a game six and there's three days rest in between five and six because of the building commitment with uh, the Clippers and the Lakers. So very odd for the NHL, but I knew you, I knew you were waiting to know that. Um, Yeah. I'll I'll try to make some financial hay out of that somehow. (laughs) It's a terrific series, but uh, on to the Diamondbacks. No, the answer to your question is no, they do not have enough starting pitching currently constructed. Um, it's been bad, the, uh, the horrific first innings this series. Um, early innings this series were uh, really, really bad. And I'm wondering at this point where Brandon Fott is. Um, he's been very good his last three starts in the minors. Um, 16 and, and a, a third innings, and he's only allowed one home run. Struck out over a guy in inning. I've kind of monitored the situation. Um, I don't know if it's a service time thing or what the case is, but he's better than anybody else they have up here, and I don't know what they're waiting for. Yeah, I was just going to I was going to I was going to ask about the service time. I, that seems to be about the only thing, I guess. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm the the wrong guy to ask about him because I yeah. watched him pitch in a spring training game and he was absolutely awful. Um, and I remember thinking, I remember thinking, I, what what is the big deal here? And I mean, he was really bad. Uh, okay. so, but it's like the only bad spring training game he had, I guess, but, 
So I'm not, uh, I'm, I don't have no idea, but, uh, you know, I, you, I know that you have over this win total. Yeah. My best friend has over the win total and he doesn't seem to be too concerned about it. And if I had over the win total, I'd be very concerned right now. Yeah, I, I'm not very concerned, but I am a little concerned. I think the Diamondbacks are going to make their hay here over the next six weeks. So I've kind of well, they better because they play. Yeah. they play nobody yep. in the next like the yes. fourteen out of forty three uh, yeah. against teams over five hundred, and three of those are against Miami, three against Pittsburgh, and three against Boston. Teams that we don't think are really good to begin with. So it's essentially five games they're playing. Uh, against teams that are considered good, and that's Texas and Atlanta. So they really need to make their hay over the next six weeks. If not, uh, there could be some trouble in a lot of ways. Um, want to ask about the I, I will. Uh, I'll add one more. Th- I will add one more thing. It's uh, yeah, the Diamondbacks are now one game above 500. So I assume teams yep. are looking at playing the Diamondbacks and thinking <laughs> this is not going to be a real challenge for us, or it's not going to be you know murderers row. It's not like playing Atlanta or yeah, Tampa or somebody that's good. Sure, absolutely. I want to ask about the Giants. Obviously, watch them closely this weekend. They stink. Um, are yeah. they going to be early sellers? Because they have a couple of guys that, especially with teams in desperate need of starting pitching, Arizona, the Mets, uh, maybe a Dees Clefani and, and an Alex Cobb that could be of interest to these teams when you're not looking at the top of the, the starting pitching market. Yeah, I think those guys could be had. I mean, I don't think you have to give up too much because they both, yeah, unfortunately, absolutely. have injury histories. Yep. Um, yeah, the thing with the Giants is they lead the planet in strikeouts as far as a, you know, offensively. They're off, you know they're at the plate. Uh, they, they're just their strikeout numbers are outrageous uh, so far this season. And uh, yeah, the their defense was a huge part of the 2021. Yes, was that 2021? Yeah, 2021. Yep. They can't even field a ground ball anymore. No, it's it's a bad it's a bad outfit all the way around. And uh, they have some guys in the minors, but it's not like a deep farm system. And I know they really relied on landing one of these big time free agents to kind of turn their right. fortunes. And obviously that didn't happen. So I'm interested to see the path that uh, Farhan Zaidi takes there. Lastly, Bob, um, who are the Steelers coming up for? I'm, I'm assuming it's an edge rusher. I have no idea. Um, okay. I think pretty much, yeah. I would think offensive line, but you know, you don't have to move up yeah, to five I, to get I don't an think offensive you have to go lineman. To three, right? Yeah. So I'm not sure what's. Yeah, that's right. Three. I, I'm, I have no idea. But yeah, that seemed to be the most popular rumor for the weekend is that the Cardinals okay. and Steelers had been discussing something, and you know, the Cardinals would get uh, you know picks for this year and also 2023. Right. So, Got to get a, if, a first rounder next year, I assume, in that deal. Correct. I would hope, but you know, I'm you know we don't have a Monty Austin Fort uh, track record to go on <laughs> right. here. So it's a big jump. Um, seventeen to three is a big jump. Yeah, I think it's really come kind of curious. Uh, you know, you know, I thought eleven when they were supposedly talking or you know the rumors with Tennessee. I thought that was a little steep of a drop. Okay. So you got to make sure you get a player that can do something and yeah. could be a difference maker. Whether you're picking. You know, three eleven or seventeen. Uh, if you're going to move down, you better get somebody that can help you this year, and then get as many humanly as many po- uh, picks in addition to that as humanly possible. Because this this franchise needs players. I know ESPN said over the weekend that the Cardinals have the worst roster to the NFL right now. 
which I haven't looked at every roster in the NFL, but it wouldn't shock me if the Cardinals did have the worst roster right now in the NFL. They have the lowest projected win total along with Houston uh, in the Vegas Correct. market. So, um, yep, I, I five and a half. Like, yeah, I've heard there's like six or seven elite players in this draft, and then they're all kind of the same guy. So I that's, guess that sounds right. Okay, I guess the, you could look at it two ways. You grab one of those, or if you if you don't feel confident about one of them, that you move down and just get a bunch of lottery tickets. So. It'll be interesting to see the path the Cardinals take, but they absolutely do need a difference maker at any position on the field. Yeah, just somebody that, you know, even if they aren't going to be, a, you know, I don't know if anybody could be a difference maker this year, really, you know, you know mean that they're going to win more games, sure. yep. quite frankly. Agreed. But just somebody that's going to be, you know, better than, Isaiah, better than Isaiah Simmons moving forward. Let's put it that Bob, way. I want to ask you real quick about your Ohio State wide receiver. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, thoughts on him as a projection, uh, better than Garrett Wilson, kind of the same guy. And um, Did he just have the hamstring and not want to come back to affect his draft status negatively? Is that what happened? He tried to, he tried to come back a couple times okay. and came back too soon. So he got hurt in the, I think it was the first quarter of the first game against Notre Dame. It was against okay. Notre Dame. Uh, it was definitely in the first half. And uh, he's a tremendous run-after-the-catch guy. Um, yep. And when Olave and Wilson and Smith and Jigba were all there together a couple years ago, Smith and Jigba was actually – he had the best season of the three. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And all, he three was, were good. Uh, all three All three were good, but he had the best season. I think he's still so. catching passes in the Rose Bowl against Utah. So <laughs> That's true. Uh, against a Utah – yeah, against a Utah corner who's supposedly going to be a first-round pick. Yeah, uh, So we'll see how that goes. All right, good stuff. Thanks. That was you know, kind of sad with the Smith and Jigba thing last year. And uh, you're just kind of – if you're an Ohio State fan, which nobody is except for me and people that are, you know, born in Columbus and have no choice. That's me too. That uh, you know they their whole offense was kind of ravaged with injuries last year. Whether it be one offensive lineman who played like two games, uh, you know, Henderson, a running back, played almost no time consecutively in games, and then the Smith and Jigba thing in the very first game of the season. All right, but I'm just you know crying to myself here. All right, next segment we'll wrap it up with the national roundup. We'll get to a little. Uh, NBA for tonight. Then we'll have plenty of time for the NBA with uh, Sean Devaney in uh, the uh, extra point coming up uh, with Kayla hosting from 11, uh, me, from 10 to noon. So stay tuned for that. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Show with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. A little rapid fire here. Final segment. National Roundup. Good news for the basketball fans of the world. The Warriors and the Kings appear headed to a seven-game series. The Warriors' championship pedigree, I think, certainly played a large role against the playoff inexperienced Kings, certainly down the stretch yesterday. And... Uh, now the uh, you know game four, so it's a series. Yeah, that was game four yesterday, so it's now a tied series. Draymond Green, after he set out with game three because of the suspension, didn't start uh, yesterday, but he did start the second half, 
and he certainly managed to at least slow down De'Aaron Fox, who uh, scored at will during that first half. Uh, Old-timers Steph Curry and Clay Thompson combining for 58 points yesterday in that game. All right, tonight, Milwaukee against Miami. We mentioned in the first segment, Giannis uh, reports out there that he's expected to play tonight, and the markets have certainly reflected that. Uh, Milwaukee opened a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, did like This was like two days ago now. But after uh, speculation that Giannis was going to come back and then the reports this morning, uh, there are numbers, uh, Some there's a couple offshores I just looked during the break. They're up to eight in this game. Most places are sitting at seven, seven and a half, but there's a couple of eights around the world. So obviously uh, they're banking on a uh, you know, healthy and uh, productive return from Giannis tonight at Miami. And also tonight, in addition, series tied 2-2 in Los Angeles, and the Clippers opened a four and a, excuse me, the Lakers opened a four and a half point favorite, and uh, they're for the most part still a four and a half point favorite in that game tonight. Suns on Tuesday night, gonna try to close it out against the Clippers. It seems like Kawhi Leonard's not going to play in this game, but you never know from game to game, and the Clippers haven't exactly been. Completely upfront and honest with injuries, not just with Kawhi, but everybody in the last two or three years. The Suns open 12 and a half and uh, down to 12 in uh, kind of the consensus Las Vegas number at this point. Diamondbacks tonight begin a series against the Kansas City Royals. Tommy Henry replacing Madison Bumgarner in the rotation, starting from the Diamondbacks tonight against Keller for Kansas City. The Diamondbacks. And Henry are uh, basically a 125 favorite in tonight's game against the Royals. All right, thanks for listening. This has been the Sports Zone. Stay tuned. The Extra Point with Kayla coming up next.